Darnold has the time. Pulls it down. Throws. Touchdown <laughs> Jets. Robbie Anderson. <laughs> that was terrific. You are now listening to the Jets Stream, the official New York Jets podcast of Gotham Sports Network. What's up, Jets fans? Welcome to the Jets Stream. My name is Jesse Finver, and I will be your host on this wonderful podcast. It is a Friday. We're recording Thursday night, but I got Brian Lloyd, one of our Great Jets writers here at Gotham Sports Network with me. Brian, what's going on, my man? What up, Jesse? It's a pleasure to finally make my debut on the Jets stream. Yes, I am I am very excited. Finally, we've gotten you on. Uh, I mean, you, you do great stuff for us. I'm very happy we can finally do this, you know? Uh, so how about, wh- why don't you, let, let's, I mean, let's do this, dude. Let's, let's get right into it. I mean, the Jets, they lost, but... I, this was like unlike a loss, any really loss that the Jets have had in a long time, uh, because it was like a really like a, people say like oh it was a moral victory right well this was like an actual moral victory for the Jets because uh, Sam Darnold looked awesome on Saturday uh, and yes this was one of those weird Saturday late in the season games that the Jets played uh, they took on Houston and last week I had I had a lot of uh, a lot of worries about what this Jets team was going to be able to do against this pass rush of Houston. And Sam Darnold lit them lit them up. Let's be real. I mean, he played, in my opinion, his best game of the season. So let's start there. Do you agree? Do you think this was Sam Darnold's best game of the season? Oh, absolutely, by far. And, you know, I was worried, like most people going into it, you know, you're looking at, Jadavion Clowney and J.J. Watt staring him in the face with a very subject Jeff Jets offensive line. Uh, so it's to that point of the year where obviously we want to see Sam continue to grow and develop, but it's also like, you know, we also really don't want him to get hurt. Um, so I was a little nervous going into the game, but he was lights out. I could not have asked for anything more, and I could not have asked for a better outcome in terms of how he played, how Robbie Anderson played back-to-back weeks. Um, you know, showing he's not just the one trick pony that a lot of people thought he was. Um, I'm really, really loving the chemistry between those two, um, especially as you look into next year with we don't know who's going to be around receiver wise. Quincy's constantly out. So uh, to not only see Sam take that step forward, but to see Robbie kind of take that step with him, I was very pleased. Yes. And I wanted, to, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about Robbie. Uh, in a minute, but definitely really, uh, really encouraging from him. But Darnold, he went 24 for 38, 253 yards. Now, that wasn't a season high for him. Um, I believe that was against the Colts or Denver. It was one of those two games where he had over 300. Pa- oh, no, it was against the Dolphins, actually, excuse me, early in the season. He had over 300 passing yards and a loss. Um, but this was, I mean, two touchdowns, no interceptions. That was great for a guy who's leading the NFL in interceptions. Um, I... I I think, like I, like I said before, I think this is his best game of the season against one of the best defenses he's faced all year. Uh, like I said before, Houston's pass rush was ferocious, and the Jets did a really good job at, at protecting Sam Darnold. Uh, they only let up three sacks, you know, and for the Jets, that's pretty good. So I'll take it, you know. Um, they did, uh, we'll, we'll touch on uh, some changes coming to the offensive line later in the pod. Uh, but yeah, let's 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 talk about Robbie Anderson because what I saw from him on Saturday 
And and even last week is something that we haven't seen from him, and that's doing something other than running in a straight line. Um, he no longer is the over. Well, he still is the over the top guy. You know, the guy that'll take the top off a of defense. But he, of late, he's figured out route running. You know, he had that fourth down catch, uh, the, the little uh, what was that, a little hitch route, like five yards caught the ball with his hands, you know, like something that you don't see Robbie do that often. You know, he usually just kind of cradles it in. Uh, I was really, I was really impressed with Robbie. Seven catches, 96 yards, a touchdown. Um, and he did a great job getting open on that touchdown. That was kind of a broken down play, got behind the defensive back and was able to catch that ball. A nice, easy pass from Darnold. Do you think that this is the a kind of a step that he can take to become a legit wide receiver one? Because I I don't think that they can go another wide receiver this offseason, maybe a legitimate like wide receiver one, you know. But like you mentioned before, Quincy and Nunwa can't stay healthy. Uh, is this a step where you think maybe the Jets have something with Robbie for real? I think they do, but I don't think he will ever be that true number one. I just don't think he's as well-rounded. Maybe he will get there in time, um, but they still need a true number one because what this year has shown is that he can still you know, be taken out of games, and how much does that have to do with Jeremy Bates' basic boring play calling? I mean, a lot. Uh, that's why you know when I watch him and Sam the past couple weeks, what I love most is how they've been able to improvise a little bit and make plays out of nothing. Um, I think that was a big step in addition to, you know, he's running routes, he's running curl routes, he's running outs, he's using his hands like you mentioned. Um, I think he's showing that he's definitely a part of this offense moving forward. They still need a true number one for me. Uh, take the pressure off of Sam a little bit more. Give him someone that can create a little bit more space just by being in the offense. I think that's the key that they're missing. No one is really afraid of Robbie Anderson still, unless it's over the top. And even as he's making plays, I still don't think that he's shown enough that defenses still have to really focus on him that much. Yeah, absolutely. But I think that what's nice and what's what we really have never had before as Jets fans is a quarterback that can, you know, on a whim, just make a play happen, like a, like a like a Russell Wilson type of play, you know, improvise. Absolutely. In uh, Sam Darnold, that's something the Jets really have never had before, um, maybe ever. You know, I mean, thinking back in history, not, I mean, you can't really think of many athletic Jets quarterbacks who can really move. I mean, and I, don't, I didn't get to watch Ken O'Brien play that much, and he's arguably the best Jets quarterback ever, besides Joe Namath, who is the worst hall of famer ever. Um, but I mean, he is let's, if you look at the numbers, he's the worst per like worst football player in the hall of fame. Um, but yeah, I oh, think, we're in agreement on that. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, uh, but I still love the guy cause he has this a super bowl. So, um, I, yeah, but yeah, I think that this is definitely encouraging, but I agree. I don't think that he's going to, he's a number one wide receiver right now, but if, if, if what he's doing right now continues, if he, if he can make this consistent with his, with the, with the route running that he's been establishing and the, and the chemistry that he's established with Darnold, then maybe he could be Darnold's wide receiver one, but it's definitely not ideal. He's not like a, he's not a Deandre Hopkins guy that can, that he, that can take the top of a defense and also overpower you at the top of at the high point of a catch. You know, he, he's kind of lanky. He's a speed guy. He's kind of like T Y Hilton. Um, he's like a poor man's T Y Hilton is my, is my comparison. Uh, for Robbie Anderson, but you know it's good to see him starting to get starting to put together some some games in a row that we saw last season. 
Right, and like not to backtrack on myself, but he did show last season with Josh McCown that he was making strides to potentially be a number one receiver. Yeah. I think what he's shown this year is I love the T.Y. Hilton comp <laughs> now that I've heard it. Um, I think it's, it's much closer to that. He's a high-end wide receiver, too, in a better offense. Yeah, with, with a guy like Rodgers, you know, uh, who, we'll, who we'll talk about later, who the Jets will be facing this week. Um, I mean, he makes lots of guys look really good. And if Sam Darnold can even be half the quarterback that Aaron Rodgers is, uh, he'll be making guys look good for a long time. Um, all right, so let's move on from the offense, go to the defense. They played pretty solid. Six sacks, 11 tackles for loss. But they, in my opinion, are the reason why this team lost this game. Um, with that with that fourth quarter drive and being unable to stop DeAndre Hopkins and Deshaun, especially DeAndre Hopkins, because they did a solid job containing Watson. But is this, first of all, this this pass rush, we this the Jets were not supposed to have this pass rush. I listened to Colin Cowherd today say that the Jets have a ferocious pass rush. And that blew <laughs> my mind. That blew my mind that he said that, that I actually heard that on a nationally syndicated radio show. Um, so that was interesting to hear. But, I mean, six sacks and 11 tackles for loss, that's no joke. Henry Anderson had three sacks. He was fantastic. Jamal Adams had a sack. Jordan Jenkins had a sack or two. Uh, and he has seven sacks on the year, former third-round pick for the Jets. Um, what do you think? Is, uh, uh, do you agree? Is, is the, can, are we putting the blame on the defense? Because I can't find it in my heart to put the blame on Sam Darnold not completing those that, that two-minute drill. Uh, first off, I love how drafting Sam Darnold just does a 180 with Colin Coward's view of the Jets. It's pretty uh -huh. hilarious. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, no, it, this one falls on the defense. And, you know – not to take away from the pass rush, they had a great game. Uh, the Texans did enter that game with, I think, the worst-ranked offensive line yep. in football. Yep. Um, so, you know, I, not to take away from the performance, but I know we're not going to get that every week from Jordan Jenkins and Henry Anderson. Uh, Anderson, who has been fantastic, though. Um, but, yeah, this, this one falls on the secondary for me. Uh, I don't understand for the life of me why we're paying Tremaine Johnson that much money to not shadow the number one receiver on the other team. Uh, I don't know why he wasn't on Hopkins. Um, you know, it was, a, it was like, it was weird. We, it was like they were like playing zone on him. That touchdown he had that deep one. That was Daryl Roberts was in coverage over the top and, and Morse. It was like Tremaine wasn't even on that side of the field. It was bizarre. And we had the luxury of watching Darrell Rivas in his prime shadow. Ocho Cinco, Terrell Owens, uh, I'm blanking on everyone else, but he faced Calvin Johnson, everybody that Andre Johnson, Calvin Johnson. R Randy Moss. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, outside of that one big touchdown over his head against Randy Moss, uh, he played pretty well against him too. So, you know, we had that luxury for years and years. So now it is strange to not see that fall over to someone who is supposed to be one of the best cornerbacks in football, let alone the Jets. Number one. Morris Claiborne's had a pretty nice year, but he shouldn't be on DeAndre Hopkins. And Daryl Roberts, by no means, should yeah. <laughs> be on uh, pretty much anybody at this point. So um, that that was strange to see, especially since the defense has been playing pretty well of late. You know, I think it's the last saving grace Todd Bowles has had is that his defense has been playing well. Um, but that was a huge disappointment. I mean, it worked out, all things considered. 
uh, you know, they keep the draft position. But Trumaine Johnson needs to be more involved if you're paying him, what, $70 million to be your lockdown corner. Um, I said it two weeks ago, and I said it this week. uh, I am out on Leonard Williams. Um, I don't care if the the Jets move on. I will be indifferent. I I will be happy because I think that he is nearing – I don't want to say he's nearing bust t- territory yet, but he's definitely on the de- decline. He's 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 heading down that hill. Um, three tackles on on Saturday. That's it. Um, I think he had one QB hit. Yeah. Nope. Not even. Yeah, he had one QB hit. That was it. Not even a tackle for loss. Uh, and one of those tackle and one of the three tackles was solo tackle. Um, wh- what do you make of Leonard Williams? You know, I mean, kind of. I didn't put this one in the rundown. I know, but I, I mean, it, it's just ba- it's just continuous back like bad performances from this guy who's supposed to be legit. I gave him the benefit of the doubt at the beginning of the season. I think I even wrote it in one of my blogs. You know, he's getting. You know, he's creating some pressures. He's making noise. The sacks will come, and the sacks just haven't come. And, and it's to the point where you know we all saw the video of him jogging off the field on that touchdown. But uh, it, it's it's time to move on if you can get anything for him, in my opinion. A guy in Henry Anderson who, again, he's been fantastic, but you give up a late-round pick for him, and he's outperforming a guy you drafted in the top five. That shouldn't be happening. Uh, and then, you know, we still have the sour taste of Mo Wilkerson in our mouths, and it's hard not to make that comparison right now. I think if you want to move forward as a team, uh, I absolutely think that Leonard Williams should they should find a way to move on from him and continue to build off what they have in guys like Jamal Adams. You know, the Jets at one point had Leonard Williams, Muhammad Wilkerson, and Sheldon Richardson, and that was considered arguably the best defensive line in football before they all played together. When when the Jets drafted Leonard Williams, they're like, "Wow, they're going to have Muhammad Wilkerson, Sheldon Richardson, and now Leonard Williams." Like that's crazy, and. All three of these guys just are playing like scrubs. I mean, Sheldon Richardson play, is playing pretty solid in, in, in uh, Minnesota right now. But when he when he was with the Jets at the end there, I mean, he was just bad locker room guy, and it was bad on the field too, and it was just not a good fit. Um, so it's pretty crazy. Like, I mean, they invested so much draft capital in this defensive line, in this front seven, and it just hasn't panned out. Um, and I, I mean. McCagnin it's so strange a, to me. Yeah, it's on McCagnin. Like, it's so strange to me also. It's just that you had all these guys invested, you know, top-round picks, uh, first-round picks in this defensive line, and they all had the same issues. They all started out great, phenomenal rookie seasons in the second years, uh, and then they just fall off the map, and it's an effort issue. I mean, Sheldon also had his off-the-field problems. He was suspended a couple times, but... You know, Leonard's been fine with that. You know, Mo Wilkerson. Leonard's a model, and him model been, citizen. Right. And I, you know, I, it's just so bizarre to me that they all seem to have the same downfall is they just stopped playing toward what will be the end of his Jets tenure, if not this year, probably after next season. Yeah. I mean, uh, next year is his last chance. You know, if he doesn't, if he doesn't come out and get double digit sacks and, and really shows that he's the, the real deal, I mean, the Jets are going to move on. Because um, if it's if if McCagnin is no longer there, then the, the new a, a new GM is going to move on from this guy who just isn't his guy and just who just isn't playing well. Um, so yeah, I just and wanted- it's just like you know you talk about 
McKagan and Bowles for that matter. Like, where is the accountability yeah. that three former first round picks year after year can just decide to basically stop playing? That That's how it feels to me as a fan. Um, but yeah, I think it shows it, on the field. Effort reflects leadership. Right. Remember the Titans. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And and for some reason, these guys just aren't playing. And I guess that reason is no one's pushing them. Todd's not pushing them. The defensive coaches aren't pushing them. I, it's just they were drafted that high for a reason. And you don't just, like, lose your talent. I mean, Mahalan Wilkerson just doesn't care. He's just earned that paycheck at this point, you know. He's on. I think. I think he was on the pack. He's on the Packers this year, or he was on the Packers. I don't even know what his deal is. Um, he was on the Packers, and he got hurt out for the season. Gotcha. Yeah. So, I mean, th- that's where he's at. Sheldon's having a solid season in Minnesota, and then Leonard. I mean, it's just, yeah, like you said, year after year, just not getting the the, the the necessary effort from these guys that are supposed to be really, really good. So, all right, we can move on from this. Um, We've established the defense is the reason why the Jets lost. Jets lost 22, or sorry, 29 to 22. Um, let's move on to notes from this week, things that went down in the world of the New York Jets. Brandon Shell, young offensive tackle for the Jets, is out for the season with a mysterious knee injury. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> this, I, when I read this, so Todd Bowles didn't reveal the exact injury, saying, quote, it's too complicated to explain, <laughs> which, which I don't even know what that means. It's a knee injury. So, like, something's torn in there. Just tell us what it is. <laughs> you know? I don't know about says, knee injuries, Jesse. I just know about playing defense and playing football. And... That is – wait, <laughs> was that you? <laughs> that was me, yeah. That was an unbelievable Todd Bowles impression. Oh, my goodness. You've been hiding that from us, dude. <laughs> It's unbelievable. I slipped with one thing. I was smiling when I said it. That was the problem. That was was one issue. (laughs) That's pretty great. Um, So, yeah, he goes, it wasn't a medical major. I don't even know what that means. He said, it's beyond the typical ACL, MCL, PCL injury. So what what is it? Like, what? We're not getting anything, uh, and this is a big. This is a bit. This is a big deal because he's been playing well. He's probably been the best t- uh, player on this offensive line for the Jets this year. Um, and one of Max's best draft picks. Yeah, to be abso- fair, absolutely. Um, and this is. I mean, this injury could affect him being ready for training camp next year, um, and that could affect the Jets' plans this offseason for how they want to spend their money. I mean, I know they need to address the offensive line, and I think that's definitely going to be a priority of McCagnan's if he's there. Uh, and whoever, if he's not there, whoever takes over, they're going to need to rebuild this offensive line. Um, but this is definitely a, 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 a big loss for the Jets. Um, thankfully, they're not facing too ferocious of a pass rush the next two weeks. But definitely not good to see one of your young, actually okay draft picks not – I mean – not play for the rest of the season. Yeah, I think it's huge, you know, especially since, you know, we have a couple games left here. They're going to have to figure out what they're going to do with the front office and whoever it is, be it McCagan or someone else. Um, if he's up in the air for next season, you know, that's another hole on an offensive line that already has two, three holes that need to be filled for 2019. Mm-hmm. You know, you need a new center. Are you going to move Spencer long over to guard? Or are you going to keep Brian winners? You know, these things become a little bit more uncertain if you also need to replace Brandon Shell. Um, I mean, luckily, they have all the cap space in the world, but 
the offensive line free agent class is not that inspiring either. Uh, so it's when you're trying to develop Sam Darnold, it's very hard to try and build an entirely new offensive line in one season. Yeah, and and they they may have to do that with uh, this loss to Shell. Um, all right, so let's. Well, we also have another injury. Uh, no Quincy and Nunwell this week. Um, he is out, and that there's no information on why he's out. Um, he's just out. Uh, ankle. There it is. He has an ankle injury, and he, it's quite likely, Rich Samini says, that his season is over. Rich Samini of ESPN, um, who I've been getting all these quotes from, so let's give him a little credit there. Uh, but that definitely is a big blow to uh, the weapons arsenal of Sam Darnold, if you want to even call it an arsenal. Um, it's kind of just <laughs> like a, a footlocker at the edge of the bed uh, with like a, a small Colt 45 in there. Um but yeah, I mean, it's going to be Robbie Anderson and Elijah McGuire time for the New York Jets. Uh, thoughts on Quincy being being out? I mean, it's it's tough. You know, he's in that situation where you know he's going to be potentially a free agent. So I mean, this probably increases the chances of coming back and makes uh, him cheaper. Because, and makes him cheaper. Um, but you can't rely on him moving forward at all. I mean, what do you do? You think? He comes back next season, and what do you even think you can expect from him, if anything at all, moving forward? I mean, he's had I a mean, major neck been, injury, and then he's also had he's been banged up all season. I think he had a rib issue earlier, and then he has this ankle thing now. Uh, well, he had something earlier both, in the season. Both ankles now. And, yeah. uh I was reading earlier, it may have been Rich Cimini as well. Uh, I, I'm not sure. He's either there or in the post, where Quincy said something along the lines of, you know, their their contact injuries so it's because i'm playing rough football and it's like that's mm-hmm. not really that inspiring to hear for me either because he needs to play that type of football to be the type of receiver that he is yeah so i i know that that was sort of supposed to be like a rally the troops stop you know i'm gonna be there i didn't pull my hammy i didn't you know i didn't tear an acl non-contact but his his brand of football is you know smash mouth give me the ball and i'm gonna you know, break some tackles football. So if your body's fragile, you really can't do that either. So, um, it's kind yeah, of a nice I, I little really, catch 22 for Quincy, huh? Right. You know, he's trying to spin it into a positive, but the reality is, mm-hmm. you know, you need to be on, you need to be on the field to play your brand of football. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so see, I don't know. I, I mean, you obviously bring him back if you can, if he's, you know, he should cost nothing at this point. Um, but yeah, I, I can't expect anything from him if he's on the roster at all, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting to see if maybe they give him a one-year get-me-over deal to see if he can prove that he can stay healthy, and then they give him an extension mid-season or if, if he's playing well or well, or after the season if he had a good season. But um, Especially man, how Herndon's like come alive. It, yeah. it makes Quincy Anunu's role a little bit less I'm, significant. I am starting... Sam Darnold, Quincy, sorry, Sam Darnold, Robbie Anderson, and Chris Herndon in a third place fantasy football <laughs> game. Okay, for one hundred fifty dollars, I'm starting those three because Cam Newton hey, died, and so did Greg Olson. Herndon is a top five tight end in the last like three or four weeks. So yeah, and like, that's not out of the realm. Of, you know, it's not crazy. Yeah, well, you know what? It's definitely not. It's definitely not how I envisioned my season going. If you told me if you told me five weeks ago that I'd be starting this lineup uh, in the in the third place game, one I'd be very disappointed, uh, and two I would not believe you. 
Um, if you told me that, I would have expected the Jets to be in a playoff position. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, now I'm just going off of one like really solid game that he had at home against Houston and hoping that he can carry it over to Green Bay. All right, uh, enough about my fantasy matchup that no one cares about. Let's get to some good Jets news. Uh, three Jets, three New York Jets made the Pro Bowl. Um, the first, Andre Roberts, who has been an absolutely electrifying kickoff and punt returner this season for the New York Jets. Um, does he have, I know he has at least one kickoff return touchdown. I don't know if he has two, um, but I mean, he's had multiple, multiple, uh, 50 plus yard, uh, returns for the Jets this season that have absolutely changed the games, uh, that, uh, they were playing in. So he's a well-deserving pro bowl guy, uh, Jason Myers, who honestly is probably the team's MVP. Um, he is the very first Jet kicker to ever be a pro bowler. So very hmm. happy for Jason Myers. Uh, and that's according to Rich Samini. So you can hold that to him. Um, but yeah, I mean, very good. And then obviously, uh, yeah, Jason Myers became the first kicker in Jets history to make the pro bowl. There it is. All right. Uh, and then obviously our president, Jamal Adams, is making his very first Pro Bowl after vowing after last season that he would never miss another Pro Bowl. He has made good on his promise, at least for one year. And he is a Pro Bowler for the New York Jets. And if he, if, if Jason Myers isn't the team MVP, it's Jamal Adams. I and mean, he is, the, the according to Pro Football Focus, the second highest rated safety in the NFL, over a 90 grade, um, first in tackles for, uh, for law. I mean, he's just been unbelievable for the Jets. Um, and an absolute home run of a pick by Mike McCagnon. Let's see your thoughts, Brian. What, what do we think of this uh, this Pro Bowl class for the Jets? Uh, I mean, first off, shouts to Brent Boyer actually getting some special teams out of the Jets this season. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, Roberts has been great. I mean, Myers has been... I mean, I apologize. I wanted him to be gone so they could bring in Dan Bailey, who hasn't been that great, surprisingly. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's nice to see some recognition at all after not having a Pro Bowl selection last season. Um, but yeah, I mean, they've, they've both been great. Special teams has been the most consistent part of this team's play this season. Um, and then Jamal Adams speaks for himself. I, I mean, the guy is the yes, he pulse does. <laughs> of this defense. Um, I mean, and I mean that on Twitter. I mean that in the, in the post-game press conferences. And I mean that on the field. Um, the, the guy is exactly what you want to build a team around. I mean, safety is not the most ideal position to build a it's defense do, around. It's been done before, you know. The Steelers right, did it, it with Troy Polamalu, and the Ravens did it halfway with Ed Reed. I mean, they had Ray Lewis also, but I mean, Ed Reed was arguably better than Ray Lewis. So <laughs> I mean, like, right? J- Jamal is uh, our guy. You know, people get caught up a lot on the idea of culture change. You're know, building a winning culture. I mean, the easiest way to get around a culture change is to start winning. People don't hate each other when they are winning. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to love everything that Jamal Adams says and everything that you see. I think most of what he says is even as important, if not more important than what he shows on the field. He's the only guy you see consistently, you know, busting his ass on every play. He seems to be involved in every single play. Um, I mean, the guy's electric. I'm, I run out of things to talk about him week to week. I mean, I'm not on here week to week, but enough people hear me week to week. Gosh, <laughs> about Jamal Adams um and rightfully so, so. I'm, right and, and he is you know there's a quote from Steve McClendon today you know trying to 
talk about Le'Veon Bell coming to the Jets that he'd be the Jamal Adams on offense. And I was like, that is such high praise to put anyone's company with, you know, anyone's in Le'Veon Bell, but also, you know, the reverse in Jamal Adams's company at this point, the way that he's taken a leadership role, he's only in his second year of professional football. I mean, this guy's the real deal. It shows what the team thinks of Le'Veon Bell too. Exactly. Uh, which hopefully that's a sign of things to come. But, you know, he's a guy you build a defense around, and I'm, I'm very pleased that he's the leading presence in this locker room. Yeah, who needs Leonard Williams when you got President Adams? That's what I always say. All right, let's move on. We got Green Bay, and A.A. Ron is coming to town, and it looks like he's going to play. Uh, th- there was a little bit of a... Uh, a rumor that he wasn't going to play. The line in the game was at minus three for the Packers, and then it moved to plus one and a half for the Packers when the news dropped that Rodgers may not play. Well, it looks like he's playing because the line's back at Packers minus two and a half. Um, And that is good news for the Jets, in my opinion, because I want them to face Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. I want this young defense to face these guys. I want this young, I want Darnold to be able to go head to head with these two all time great quarterbacks. The two that, I mean, everybody, you, people like to say uh, LeBron and, and an MJ. Well, right now in the NFL, it's who's better Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady. Those are the two best in the NFL, the, uh, the cream of the crop. And what better way to get Darnold experience than by having him, go head-to-head with these two guys. So, can the Jets, can Sam Darnold win this game and beat Aaron Rodgers? Yes. Um, short answer, yes. I, I think that there's, it's not as cut and dry as you know a matchup as a lot of people believe. There's a lot of people coming into this game hoping that the Jets lose for the sake of a draft pick. Um, I'm a little different on that. I, you know, I'd like to see a win, but as my thing is, as long as the offense is not the reason for a loss, I'm, I'm whatever, whatever happens, as long as Sam plays well, and I want to see him go head to head with, with Rogers. But the Packers are own seven on the road this year. You know, I, I think the one thing is Aaron Rodgers has a little bit to prove that they haven't scored more than I think 20, 23 points in the last three or four games. Uh, so they fired Mike McCarthy, and now he's what's left. So he has a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. I expect him to play well. Um, it's going to come down to the Jets' defense. I think Sam is going to play well against a. I think what are the Packers? Seventeenth ranked defense so far. Yeah, you know, they're pretty. Nothing, nothing special. They're pretty like fine. Um, they have so some think, good. They have some good young corners. You know, I mean, Clay Matthews is still there. Mike Daniels. I mean, I think Mike's. Uh, I think Mike Daniels is actually hurt. I have the injury report up. Right here. Let's see if he's going to be playing. Yeah, he's not on the injury report. So, yeah, I mean, they have some good guys on that defense. I agree. Um, I, I think that it's important for, like I said before, for Darnold to to have these matchups, especially in his rookie season. Um, but there's more to the Packers than Aaron Rodgers. Um, so and Aaron Jones is out as well. So Aaron, that, that's yes. a that's a hit to their running game. Yeah. And he is lights above what the rest of their running game has been. Um but the Jets also haven't been able to really defend the run. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah, I mean it's <laughs> it's it's pretty yeah, it's pretty yeah, you know. Um so who on the Packers other than AA Ron um worries you? Is there somebody is there anybody in particular that that you're that you you're keying in on here uh that the Jets really need to focus on? Uh, 
not really. And it's not really, you know, a lack of trying to find somebody, at least for me. I just think that this ship goes with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, you know, there's a reason why Mike McCarthy was fired. There's a reason why a lot of people think he should have been fired earlier than this. Um, you know, they don't seem to have the core around him that he had, you know, a few years ago when he went on the Super Bowl run. You know, their defense is not what it used to be. Um, you know, had, Jordy Aaron Nelson's Rogers gone. Has, Aaron Rodgers has had one top 10 defense when he's been, since he's been on the Packers, and that was when they won the Super Bowl. Right, and Jordy Nelson's gone. Randall Cobb's constantly banged up. I mean, he doesn't really have the weapons. You know, Aaron Jones is out now. He doesn't have the weapons that he used to. So if he can't figure something out with whoever people are streaming on their fantasy matches this week, um, I think it just it all Valdez, starts and ends with him. Valdez, Scantling right. Jr. or whatever, and Equinemia St. Brown. Well, those are two guys that the, uh, Aaron Rodgers throws to. He also has Jimmy Graham. Uh, who is banged up. He's questionable right now. But they also have Devontae Adams, um, who is one of the better wide receivers in the league right now um, and, and is definitely going to be a, a, a nightmare for the secondary. Another uh, uh, DeAndre Hopkins type of player who can take the top off of defense, has great hands, really good route runner, um, and, and is aggressive at the high point, making those tough, spectacular catches, as, as, like, as Madden likes to say. Um, so... Uh, we obviously tore Tremaine Johnson and the Jets off uh, defense, uh, defensive mm-hmm. coaching staff to shreds because they decided not to use our $75 million cornerback on uh, the best wide receiver in the NFL. Um, and yeah, I do think that he's the best wide receiver in the NFL, DeAndre Hopkins. Um, I mean, are we? Uh, part of me wants, to, wants the Jets to do the exact same thing to Devontae Adams because I want the Jets to lose, but I also want this game to be competitive. Um, because I want to see Darnold continue to grow, you know, um, what, what do you think the jets need to, I mean, obviously the, the, the easy answer is just throw Tremaine Johnson on there and, and hope that he, uh, hope that he can cover him. But is it, what do you want to see the jets do to try and limit this connection that Rogers and Devonte Adams have? I think it's a little bit different compared to the Texans because, you know, Adams is the only guy they really have. Yeah. You know, when you look at the Texans, you still have to think about it. Demarius Thomas, you know, they still have a pretty good running game with Lamar Miller. So it's not, it, you know, Hopkins gets the, Hopkins is by far, I think I agree with you, the best wide receiver in the game uh, right now. So you always have to keep him in the back of your mind, but it's not like they could only focus on him and try and shut down that offense where I think the Packers can get to that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in saying that, I still think he's going to completely rip apart the Jets secondary. Yeah. I don't think, <laughs> <laughs> Um, try to bury the lead there. I, um, yeah, I, I don't really see it as a contest. Uh, I mean, you know, Claiborne's played well, but he's been catching some flags lately, some costly flags lately. And unless Tremaine Johnson is locked up on him every play, he's going to break free for 80, 90 to hundred yards and probably a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Is that enough to stop the Packers and win? Probably. I think Adams can have a good game and the Jets can very much be in this and win. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a matter of stopping the equanimity of St. Browns, the Jamal Williamses, and the uh, Valdez Scantlin Juniors of the world, um, which I guess is possible, you know, because this is this is a Packers team that isn't a traditional Packers team. This is a bad Packers team. Like, just they're what five and eight? Yeah, they're one game better. Than, oh yeah, five eight and one. Sorry, they tied. Um, yeah, there's been two ties, like a few ties this year. It's been a weird year in the NFL. 
It's uh, been strange. Yeah, good year, but weird year. Um, all right. I so, do hope Jimmy Graham gets in though, so Jamal Adams can just crack him real quick. Oh my and, god! <laughs> and then send them right to the emergency room. Um, so uh, obviously, and let, let, we're going to move on now um, to the final question that I have for you, Brian. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy did not work. Um, whether that is because of Mike McCarthy and his play calling or because Aaron Rodgers uh, and his lack of wanting to listen to Mike McCarthy, that, that, that remains up in the air and we don't know the actual answer. We just know that it just it didn't work out. The season was going really poorly. It's been a long time since that 2011 Super Bowl. Um, but for some reason, some weird, weird reason, there's been whispers that the Jets should go and get Mike McCarthy after the season because plenty of people, including yours truly, have been calling for Todd Bowles' head. Um, is this is this a good idea? Should the Jets go after Mike McCarthy? I mean, the guy's no. won a Super Bowl. No, no, <laughs> no. Um, I, I want no part of Mike McCarthy. And okay. I'm in the good. camp that... I do think that the Packers probably should have let go of him a year ago, maybe two years ago. Um, and it came down, to, like, we won't ever truly know until they make a 30 for 30 about it, you know, the the divide between Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy, mm-hmm. you know, how much that give and take contributed to their losing. Um, but I just see him as a bit of a stagnant coach. He hasn't really evolved his offensive play, his offensive playbook to fit where today's NFL has gone. I was, you know, scrolling through Reddit earlier, and this is about a daily question posted on the Jets Reddit. What about Mike McCarthy? What about Mike McCarthy? And someone had the audacity to compare him to Andy Reid because Andy Reid got fired by Philadelphia, and now he's back in Kansas City, and he's been great. He's been fantastic. And the big difference if you compare him to a guy like Andy Reid is Andy Reid is constantly evolving. You know, mm-hmm. he's out there with Patrick Mahomes now. He was, I mean, what was it, a couple years ago, they were a very high-powered offense, and they didn't have a touchdown to a receiver. Everything went through Travis Kelsey. Mm-hmm. Like, Andy Reid is constantly evolving. He's constantly finding new ways to pick apart defenses. Uh, it hasn't... Those were the, those were the days... Oh, continue, continue. No, it, it hasn't contributed to a ring for him yet. But I think we're all seeing he's pretty damn close right now, and that was the end of that. Yeah, no, I was gonna say those were the days <laughs> that 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 stretch the Chiefs had. Those were the days of uh, Dwayne Bow, uh, that receiver core um, that was just absolutely atrocious. Um, but he has evolved. I mean, you've seen it. Like he went from that where they the offense it was it was Jamal Charles and Travis Kelsey, and then he evolved when he got Alex Smith, who can run the ball, who can run around. Uh, or sorry, it evolved. The, yeah, even evolved with Alex Smith last year. You know, they won the, mm-hmm. they won a bunch of games in a row, and the year before that they were good because they got Tyreek Hill. You know, they got Kareem Hunt. They got all these guys. I mean, obviously Kareem Hunt's gone, but I mean, doesn't mean that doesn't mean that they're any less talented because I mean, I think it was what Derek Williams he took over and ran for like a hundred something yards. Like he was good. Yeah, um, and Spencer Ware had a good stretch there too. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, and then you have Patrick Mahomes throwing no look passes. I mean. Like, and, and Mahomes obviously his arm's better, but like, he reminds me of when Reed had McNabb, you know, mm-hmm. McNabb was a bit of a gunslinger also. Um, so it kind of worked, it kind of works well for him because he's had that kind of player before. 
Um, right, and the and the Chiefs have a lot of great things going for them, especially at their key positions. They have some of the best skill position players in the league, you know, including Patrick Mahomes and, and Tyreek Hill. But when you look at someone you want to be the next head coach in a continually evolving offensive-driven, quarterback-driven league, I don't want someone who couldn't win with arguably the best quarterback in football. Yeah. No, I mean, matter what the, no matter what the headbutting between those two guys were, there clearly was an issue there. Uh, um, could he develop a quarterback? I, maybe. I, I mean, I don't know. I'd rather try and find someone. You know, Everyone wants the next Sean McVay, but what is Sean McVay doing that other people aren't doing? He's leading what is the next you know brand of offense that is taking charge in the NFL. We need someone that will come in with new ideas. And clearly Mike McCarthy has had trouble doing that at least the last few seasons. Yeah, and I don't think I can add much more to that um, because, I mean, the guy just sucks. I, I mean, he, when, <laughs> when, you can't, when you can't win with Aaron Rodgers, um, I mean, every great quarterback figures out a way to win. Um, and uh, there have been multiple times this season where, I mean, Rodgers just didn't get to see the field. And it's happened a bunch of times in the last six, seven eight years where the, the Packers can't get Rodgers back onto the field to try and lead a game-winning drive because the defense just gets torn to shreds, you know? Um, and aside a- from that, like, uh, sorry to cut you off. No, um, no it's okay. But just aside, aside from that, you know, when it comes down to personnel with Mike McCarthy, I mean, I'm a little biased here as an Aaron Jones fantasy owner, but anyone who had Aaron Jones on their fantasy team knows that it, it took about a season and a half for Mike McCarthy to finally give Aaron Jones the football. Yeah. And with, uh, that's you know, way at, too long. And look at who was getting carries over him. Jamal Williams, Ty Montgomery, who was a converted receiver out of Stanford. I mean, why aren't you playing the best players? I mean, there's clearly some something going, something fishy going on when you're not leading with your best personnel. Yeah. And that's what, more than the Aaron Rodgers stuff, that leaves a sour taste in my mouth. Um, because how can we trust you to, you know, build a plan around our B and C guys to try and beat the Patriots? Yeah, and uh, to play a little devil's advocate, there have been a lot. There's been a lot of talk about how, um, you know, McCarthy will call a play and Rodgers will change it like every single time. You know, and, mm-hmm. and obviously you're not even at that point. You're not even giving McCarthy a sh- a, a, an opportunity or even a chance to be successful. You know, if you change, if you just disregard everything he says, and I think that. Um, Sam Darnold has a very different demeanor um, than than Aaron Rodgers. Um, they're both like level-headed people. Obviously, they're you're not they're not you're not going to see them get uh, very um, excited unless it's on the field, you know, uh, or enthusiastic unless it's on the field. But uh, you know, Aaron's always had like this coldness about him, um, this kind of like disconnect where like he knows that he's like how good he is. It's kind of like a mm-hmm. like a like a, a like the hottest girl in your high school who like who knows that she's the hottest girl and like uses that you know what i mean um you're so, gonna call plays for me yeah. you're gonna call plays for me like that's <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly um so he kind of has like that that cockiness about him he's always had a chip on his shoulder because he fell in the draft um it's a little bit different than darnold who uh he just comes off as just a really humble kid who just loves playing football um, so maybe maybe the relationship could work between McCarthy uh, and Darnold if Darnold's more open to hearing him. 
Um, maybe McCarthy's offense is innovative and Rodgers just changes it just despite McCarthy. I don't know. We'll, we won't find out to that 30 for 30 you mentioned. Uh, but what I do know <laughs> is that based on what I know, I don't want Mike McCarthy as the next head coach of the New York Jets. Um, so, yeah, that's that's what that's that's. That's it. I don't. I don't want to have to hear Mike McCarthy's name in the Jets ever again. That, that's all I have to say about that. I mean, not to put it in the same conversation, uh, you know, either. But we've seen what Sam can do with the most basic, bland offense this season. Um, you know, not saying that Mike McCarthy is Jeremy Bates at all. Mike McCarthy is a Super Bowl winning head coach. Um, but I, it's just someone with some fire, someone with some something, some some for lack of a better term, pizzazz in their offense. I want to see what Sam can do with something creative. Yeah, I mean, the guy was running for his life on Saturday and making throws all over the field on the run. Um, I'd like to see an actual offense where there are plays called and, and you know, easy looks um, through the play calling and not just a guy relying on his talent, but actual, like, s- scheming a guy open. You know, that'd be really nice to see just a wide open touchdown. I don't think the Jets have had a wide open touchdown all year. So do you you like the Tony Romo comp to Sam Darnold? Yeah, I think that's pretty that's a pretty solid comparison. Um, I mean, they both had escapability. I I think that Darnold. I I, I want to say that Darnold is going to be better because, I mean, Romo couldn't get over the hump. I mean, he couldn't really win a playoff game or get to the playoffs, um, but he always had talent. It was just more of a dysfunction of Dallas and the Cowboys organization um, that really screwed him over. Um, and then also having an awful, awful history of back injuries. Um, but I think that in terms of like how they look and how they throw and like what like when you watch them, like what you think of, yeah, I, I can I can see the Tony Romo comparison for sure. Yeah, I personally, I like it. I was always a big Tony Romo fan, and I think that they, similar to Sam this year, he never really had the personnel around him, especially on the defensive side of the ball, to really take them to the next step. I also think Dez caught that ball, but that's a whole other whole other podcast. Oh, he absolutely did um, catch that ball, but yeah, we, we don't need to relitigate that. <laughs> um, but I no, I was just curious what you thought, because I do like the comp. I think yeah. if, if Darnold turns out to be somewhere around what Tony Romo is, I think the Jets have a very good chance of winning or being competitive and being good for a very long time. Yeah, hey, if the, if Sam Darnold turns out to be something like Tony Romo, then that's that's pretty solid. I mean, although I know Tony Romo was an undrafted free agent, you know, uh, signed by the Cowboys, but um, he turned out to be pretty dang good. So I wouldn't mind Sam Darnold being that good. All right. That is it for the jet stream, Brian. This was a lot of fun. Thanks for coming on, man. And I, I hope you can, you can come on again. Uh, maybe, maybe next week as we wrap the season up, um, or the week after when we wrap the season up, because next week they play the Patriots. Um, but yeah, thanks for coming on, man. Uh, if you guys like the podcast, you can subscribe on iTunes. Uh, I don't know if we're still on Spotify, uh, but I know we are still on Spotify, Stitcher iTunes, Google Play. Um, make sure you subscribe. Give us a rating, a five-star rating, and a review. Give us a good review. Uh, and also check our, our stuff out. All of our written content can be found at GothamSN.com. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at GothamSN. Uh, and yeah, give us a follow all of our writers. Brian, you want to give us a, give uh, the audience your uh, Twitter handle? 
Yeah, I'm at the Dirty Bubble Six on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> That's a, no yeah. spaces or anything, just just the Dirty Bubble Six. And uh, yeah, check out the stuff on Gotham. I'm all over the place, so whatever. Follow, follow Gotham. Follow me. Follow whatever you want. <laughs> Not yeah, definitely follow Gotham. Follow all of all our writers. Uh, we have a good time uh, and get in on this, as we like to say. Uh, as our slogan says. So, once again, Brian, thank you for coming on, and this has been the Jetstream.